All right, Hope students, welcome back for another edition of the podcast. Today we are joined by Jonathan. Hey, hey. That was Jonathan. So, uh, Jonathan, as you know, as I just talked to you about, we start off with an intro question. Uh, A few times during work, but specifically last night uh, at middle school, we just, we see a shred on the guitar. So my question is, if you could join any band as a guitarist, what band would it be and why? Um, uh, Molly Hatchet. Why? I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't think any of these kids are going to know who Molly Hatchet is. Maybe some adults listening. All right, pick another band then. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. That's more modern. There we go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Molly Hatchet and Red Hot Chili Peppers yeah. just got a new band member. I love that. Right. So, um, Jonathan, uh, I would love for you to go ahead and take it away. Yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, thanks, Chris, for introducing me. Um so today I thought um, I'd talk to you guys uh, about a topic that I think is going to really encourage you to sort of focus on where your mind is um, as a Christian and hopefully lead you to a place um, where you're actively growing your mind for Christ. Um, I know in student ministry, we focus a lot on um, growing your heart and cultivating um, attitudes and habits that um, will really open up your soul to um, receive God's word uh, through testimonies um, and sharing common experiences and things like that. And that's really awesome, and it gets to the heart of Christianity and what it means to live in community. Um, But today, I kind of want to focus a little on um, a more mentally challenging topic. It's a little bit of theology, but um, it's always fun to hear some ideas on simple stuff that feel complex at first. but once you kind of understand them a little better, um, it really opens a new door, um, at least in my experience. So I want to start off by sharing a couple words um, and giving you context to their meaning because they're kind of the foundation of what I'll be talking about. So one of them is uh, ultimate end, and the other is subordinate end. So an ultimate end is something that a person seeks after for its own sake. Uh, He or she wants it because he loves it and values it and takes great pleasure in it simply because of what it is. Um, And then a subordinate end is entirely relative to that ultimate end. Um, It's something that a person seeks after only to get at something else more important to him or her. So whatever end is sought for itself and nothing further is an ultimate end. And anything um, you seek in between that's going to help you uh, achieve that ultimate end is a subordinate end. So an example would be like for marriage, you're marrying the woman you love. That's an ultimate end. Um, subordinate ends would be relationships you enter in 
that you think could lead you to that place, but you break up and, um, you know, better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all, something like that. Um, or if you don't relate to that because you don't care about marriage at this point in your life, um, going to school and doing good work, getting grades, um, putting in effort, those are all subordinate to um, ending up with a career that you want to do for the rest of your life. Um, something that you look forward to doing because it is uh, what you love and um, you, you couldn't think of ever doing or seeking anything else. Um, so that's just to sort of give you some context. Um, and we aren't the only sentient beings who have goals, right? Um, I think it's one of the more neglected facts in contemporary theology and ministry that like God himself has desires and goals, um, not just for us, but for himself and himself alone. Um, so the fact that we're all here living and breathing right now, uh, that's a pretty good indication that one of those desires that he had was to create. Um, as Christians, I think our language tends to always be about either one, what God can do for us, or two, what we can do for God. And it causes us to lose sight of this question. Uh, and this is kind of going to be the centerpiece of what I'll be really diving deep into the next few minutes. Um, and that question is this, for what end did God desire to create anything in the first place, right? Why did God make anything um, at all? Why do we exist? Why does the world exist? Why are there atoms? Why are there laws? Why? Why? Um, so this answer is maybe a little more difficult to come to than you might think, because uh, consider these three points. God is not in any way dependent upon what he has made, so he doesn't, like, depend on any, like, interactions or consequences of um, things that happen in his creation, nor did he create the world as a result of some personal insufficiency, so he doesn't lack anything, right? Um, second point, the existence of God precedes any actions he performs, which means his existence can't be the ultimate goal of any of his actions. So he didn't create himself. He, um, if you kind of know about uh, theological preexistence, um, you know, preexistence of Christ, um, that sort of thing, uh, he just is uh, the great I am, if you've heard that song. Um, so... That's the second point. Third point, his ultimate goal must still be something capable of being attained by his act of creation. So he's got to be able to attain something, right, from creating that um, he wouldn't already have by not creating anything. Um, so this all kind of begs a second question, um, and that's this. Is it possible for God to be his own end his own ultimate end in creating the world. Uh, because if it is, then he would be morally obligated to do so. Uh, what do I mean by that? Uh, what God desires for himself is more important than anything 
he could possibly desire for anything or anyone else, right? Uh, so think about that for a minute because it sounds really selfish to us uh, in a way, you know, when, we, when you first think about it. Um, and it would be if God were a human, uh, but God gets to be selfish because God is God, right? Uh, he's the most important being that's ever existed, and his importance is greater than anything else in existence by an infinite measure. Not just some quantifiable, you know, calculatable amount. Uh, his greatness exceeds anything infinitely. Um, and God knows this. God's estimation of himself must be infinitely high since he's an infinitely excellent being in his nature and proportions. Um, to think that God would value something else higher than he values himself would make him guilty of violating his own nature. Um, if we were to put God in all creation on a balancing scale, picture this in your mind, right? Um, on a scale that measured the value of each the amount of tipping force that all of creation would apply to its own end would virtually be nothing. Uh, it would be infinitely less than God. So for this reason, the whole universe and all the creatures who inhabit it ought to do these things, uh, all, all things, not these things. Uh, they ought to do all things, everything, um, with a view to God because he deserves all the honor and all of the respect and all of the glory that we can possibly offer up to him as part of his creation. Um, his ultimate goal in creating the world is to plainly show a supreme honor and respect to himself. God's 100% just and 100% righteous all of the time. And this is something he delights in. But he also delights whenever he carries out justice, being 100% just, or whenever he executes righteous deeds, being that he's 100% righteous. So it would make sense that the glorious perfections of God should be known by other persons besides himself, right? Uh, in fact, it's infinitely good, um, and it's an infinitely good thing in and of itself, that God causes his glory to be made known to us uh, as the most valuable pieces of his creation on this earth. Um, the discovery of God's attributes and works and the knowledge and understanding of his power, uh, these things are valuable in an absolute sense. And beyond that, what's even more valuable to God than our having knowledge of his infinite goodness or perfection is our love for those things that he's made known to us. So um, these ideas are really outlined uh, in great detail in a book written by Jonathan Edwards. He's a theologian from 250, 300 years ago. Uh, if you want to read him, I'd highly encourage that. Um, so I've got a quote from him, a couple, from uh, this book entitled uh, the reason for which God created the world. Um, and so here's this. He writes, If God's perfect qualities are excellent and the knowledge of those perfect qualities is excellent, then it's reasonable to conclude that it's also excellent when people love and cherish those perfect qualities. 
Okay. He also writes, the full goodness of God should flow forth as streams from an infinite fountain of good. Okay. Um, so just picture that for a minute. Um, picture a fountain in your mind uh, and think about what it does. Um, it flows, right? And it flows and it flows and it flows and it keeps flowing. And it's always full and it continually pours out its excess onto anything in its path. Um, that's the inherent nature of what it means to be a fountain. So if we compare that to God, God is the fountain of light. Um, from him flows everything. In God, there's an infinite fullness of all possible good. He has the fullness of every perfect attribute in the same way that a fountain that is based in a well uh, is always uh, pouring out water from a full source. God's never lacked the fullness of these glorious attributes, but his desire to overflow this goodness like a fountain overflows with water or a light bulb overflows with light uh, was what motivated him to create the world, and it's what motivated him to create you and I. So from the very start, God was inclined to overflow his infiniteness. From the very start. This is why we exist here today. And as his agents, um, we should desire to help him achieve this goal of overflowing his love and glory as a means of further glorifying him. Um, this is our duty as Christians, right? Um, doing everything with a view to God, doing everything to glorify God. Uh, for his good and his good alone. So I want you to remember that fact. I encourage you to live your life out as close to this truth as possible. All right? Awesome. Thank you, Jonathan. Uh, guys, Matthew or Matt is in the room, and uh, I feel like both of us are sitting here with our minds blown right now because there's so much wisdom and truth and knowledge in that, and uh, hopefully you guys got as much out of that as I did because... My head's just spinning right now. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't even really know. Typically, I sum these things up, and I don't even know how to sum that up because there was just so much good information to take in from that. But um, I don't know. I guess the thing that stuck out the most to me was, um, you know, God is like so good and just wants us to know how good He is and how great His creations are. Like, I'm, that's just sticking in my head. So uh, I don't know. Um, there's just yeah, there's so much good to go from that. I, I don't even know where to, what's to, what else to say. But uh, thank you guys for listening, Jonathan. Thank you for talking on the podcast, and uh, hope students hopefully you listen again next week. So um, I think that's it. See y'all later. All right. Bye. 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 Guys, goodbye. Bye. <laughs>